Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. Nick, Spencer, you always get all the It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this Tuesday September 20th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today as always. I guess we got to clear the air. Right, Colin? Sure, let's start with it. All right, so last Friday Friday on the show, we were previewing some EPAC football, and uh, somehow, someway, it got construed that we said Hedgesville was a top three team in the state. I don't even know I don't, if it was Friday or if it was yesterday. No, it was Friday. I'm pretty sure it was Friday. Okay. Right. Or yesterday. We never talked about Hedgesville being a top three team in the state. No, top ten team in the state. Morgantown's the top three team in yes. the state is what we were saying. Hedgesville is the top three team in the EPAC right now, yeah. if you look at the standings. But I don't know where people are misreading our information. That is not, not what we said. Not mishearing. Mishearing. Mishearing our information. Unless that is not what came out of auto generated I was about to say, there are subtitles on Facebook. Yeah. That could be it, too. I don't know. But we it did is. not say that. So I don't know where people are getting the impression that we're saying that and, and hating on us for no reason. But I mean. Thanks for tuning in, though. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. But uh, that was pretty much not what we said at all. That was actually not what we said at all. Hedgesville is a top three team in the back if you look at the standings right now. Yeah, they are. Morgantown, a top three team in the state if you look at them right now. And I don't think anybody realistically thinks Hedgesville will be a top three team in the state, but, I mean, they could definitely be a top ten team and be a competitive team that I think, like I said yesterday on the show, they're a playoff team right now, and I think they'll be a playoff team at the end of the season. Yeah, I would agree with you, and, and – you know, it's it's all about the improvement of all the programs here in the EPAC, and Hedgesville's been one of the teams this year to show a bunch of improvement. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it will be a tough match, obviously, this week against Martinsburg for them, that uh, Martinsburg has the clear edge in. But other than that, I mentioned it yesterday, and I'll stand by the fact I think Hedgesville could win out after they play Martinsburg this week. And now we got somebody in the comments saying we're banging on the dogs. Uh, asking dogs. who for who pays our salaries without Martinsburg, we wouldn't even have a station. That's not even what we're saying at all, John Phoenix. So, thank you yeah. for tuning in, John. Thanks for tuning in to comment to be the first person to comment, but that is in that is factually wrong. I'm moving on. We had our fun. Yeah, I just thought it was hilarious that that people are listening and it's going in one ear and wanting them to say something else. Because we say, aren't who were on the station you last think, year. You think we're wrong and we did say that? Go back and watch the show. Yeah, they're it's all archived. archived. They're on. You can go look up wherever you get your podcast, the Sports Mix. Listen back to the first or to the second segment of Friday's show and the first segment of yesterday's show. Um, I don't know where you people are getting this information Why would we from. Harp on the Bulldogs. That, that's the team we cover. No, and. I think that, you know, if you look back in the comments yesterday, our Air Armor said it best that uh, that this Highland Springs team has a lot of D1 guys, and they came in here revenge from last year. Yeah. They were the better team. And they were coming in 72nd, 72nd I believe, according to Max Preps in the country. 
Was it 72nd or 75? I think it was 75. But 75. Nonetheless, yeah. Martinsburg's the best team in the state. They yeah. were the best team last week, and it hasn't changed. Uh, that loss to Highland Springs. So... That loss Our really means hasn't nothing changed. when it comes to a loss. It would have it would have been a great if it was a win. Yeah, it only could have helped Martinsburg. And even if you know down the line because they have one loss, they don't get, end up as the number one team in the rankings. They're still going to run the table, I think, at the end of the year. It's just oh, if you sure. need to clear some things up, I think, to make certain that happens. But I mean, talent wise and overall depth and, and just a program in general. They're the number one team in the state. That's not going to change if you just look at, you know, Martinsburg in, in general. So I think this week when they play Hedgesville, it's going to be probably a 3-4 touchdown game. If not more. If not more. But I think Hedgesville is the closest they're going to be to be competitive with Martinsburg in a very long time. And and that's a realistic scenario that that even Martin or Hedgesville could end up being the next best team in the EPAC this year is a possibility. Uh, it's probably between them and Musselman right now, but Jefferson's still there as well. And I think overall, I think as the EPAC season goes on, we want to see all these teams you know, be competitive as much as they can. And hopefully we see three or four EPAC teams representing the panhandle in the playoffs. Yeah, shout out to David Wood in the comments. Hey, guys, I listen clearly unlike some. So shout out to our loyal watcher, David Wood. Always there for us. Never forget who pays my salary. It's on the check every week. Yeah. Every other week. I wish it was every week. (laughs) It'd be nice if it was every week. (laughs) Mike, can I get it every week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'd be half of what you get every week, every two weeks. No, no, no. We'll figure something (laughs) out. The same salary, just every week week instead of every two weeks. That's an idea there. Exactly. Yeah, I just think a lot of stuff is being misconstrued here. Uh, Not only currently on this comment section... Uh, at the very top, uh, but on these fan groups, because those words never came out of any of our mouths. But it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. People are going to say what they want to say. They're going to hear what they want to hear. Yeah, so now now we're we're getting (laughs) coaches' cliches in us? Man. Uh, Jim Klein, go get than the other team this week. (laughs) Jim Klein said, get them, ignore the haters. I just wanted to address it, because... You know, sometimes word travels to people and they... We just don't want anybody to think that we said that because we didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. that never... Nobody <laughs> if you don't say something, you're going to defend yourself for not saying something. I think if we said it, we wouldn't have come on here and defended ourselves. No, we'd double down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk some more EPAC football. Colin, you just, uh, about 11.30, caught up with uh, Coach Brian Thomas. Uh, for the Musselman Appleman, they're coming off a win over Sharando, and they have, I believe, well, we're waiting for the rankings from the SSAC, but the number three team in the state as of last week, Morgantown. I said that, the number three team in the state from the SSAC last week, Morgantown, coming in to Waldeck Field this week. And here's your interview, Colin, with Coach Thomas. As I'm now joined on the program by Musselman football head coach and Brian Thomas and Coach Thomas, a big win on the road uh, and that road stand. Now you guys are sitting at three and one. Got the thirty to twenty six win against Sharando. What'd you like from your team in the win? Uh, you know, just another another hard hard fought win. You know, we were down ten points in the second late in the second half, and uh, you know, just just to come together and continue to fight, continue to play. 
Um, you know, we, we have a lot of toughness on this year's team, and I, I think we got a lot of good players that are kind of all contributing to one. So, you know, just the, just the fact that we kind of, you know, could fall down and not lose our composure and stay together and find a way to win that game. What was the difference maker in the game? Really, I think defensively we found a way to get stops, especially on like third and fourth down. We were able to get off the field, um, you know, and, and then, you know, that kind of translated into giving our offense more chances. And then, you know, we found some things, especially in the second half that we liked. Uh, that we were doing, um, you know, and just, you know, Baden Hartman had a good game for us. Uh, you know, Ray Adamas had a good game for us. And those two guys, you know, you get those two guys kind of rolling, you get those, those two guys going, uh, they're a mismatch problem for anybody. This week, you guys are taking on Morgantown coming in 3-0, and finally get to be at home. What do you expect the atmosphere to be like? Yeah, I mean, I think the atmosphere is going to be great. You know, we, we've, we've spent a month straight, four straight games on the road. So, you know, a home opener at the end of September is kind of unheard of. So, you know, I think we'll have a really good crowd just because they're excited. You know, our community does a really good job of coming out and supporting us in South Berkeley. And I think we'll have a really good crowd um, out at the game. And, you know, then on top of that, playing somebody who um, I, I, I think they're, I, I believe I saw that they're number two in the uh, SCC standings this week. So, you know, coming in with an undefeated team and a really good squad, um, you know, another going to be another big game for us. So I think we'll have a really uh, good atmosphere for this one. What's the game plan going in against Morgantown? I mean, I, I told you, I think I told you two weeks ago, we just got to score more points and we scored one more than Jefferson. And then last week we found a way to score uh, a, a late in the game, touchdown to win by four. So, you know, we're just going to kind of stick, let's, let's be superstitious and stick with the game plan, just score more points. But um, you know, in all honesty, we just gotta gotta play good. They're, you know, they're they're a ground and pound physical football team. We gotta be able to stop the run. Um, you know, if we are able to stop them and get possessions, we gotta maximize the possessions. I kind of think that they'll come in. Um, you know, trying to keep the ball out of our hands a little bit and kind of um, trying to slow the game up, just because we have a lot of explosive guys on offense. So you know, we we got we got to take advantage of our chances on offense and you know being being able to stop their run game. If you don't stop their run game, they're just gonna you know um, they're they're gonna grind the clock and you know they'll be pleased with a 15 play drive, which you know wouldn't be good for us. So uh, we got to stop their running game, which it's easier said than done because they got a really good um, really good uh, offensive attack. Who are some of the guys on their side of the ball that have really stood out to you that you want to be able to stop? You know, really they kind of do um, kind of a, a, a committee by approach. You know, whenever you play a wing T style like that, you know, there's usually always about three or four backs and they kind of have the same thing. Um, you know, I, they have a lot of they have a lot of really good players. I don't think, you know, they don't they don't have a kid that they're going to feed the ball to um, 30 or 40 times a game. They're going to spread it out and make you play disciplined football. They're, they're a really well-coached team. So, uh, you know, if we – if anybody – falls asleep on their assignment and then really they have anybody that could take it to the house and break one all right what are your final thoughts for this week's matchup coach uh just you know it's you know i I said at the start of the year i think we probably have the toughest schedule in the state um you know we it's just week in and week out so it's just another another big game but at the same time you know i'm 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 explaining big games kind of get you battle tested so when you're in those situations you don't get too wide-eyed so uh you know just excited you know you you coach and and you're just going to roll people by 50 or 60 every week. You know, you, you want to play and, 
an exciting tight ball game. So, you know, we look forward to another good one on Friday. All righty. That's all I got for you, Coach Thomas. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one. Good luck Friday. All right. Thank you. That was Coach Brian Thomas, head coach for the Muscleman Appleman, taking on very tough team in Morgantown this week. And Colin, what'd you take away from your interview with Coach Thomas? They got to score more points than the other team. Every that's week. been the theme every single week. I need to. I got to get either, that coach speak I mean, away from Coach I, Thomas. I try. He does it intentionally now. I know. I think it's more of a joke. He, now. he does it as a joke at first, and then we'll go into detail and yeah. pick some fun. And well, that's what we like. Muscleman three and one now on the season. Uh, getting that win over Sharando, thirty to twenty-six, facing this three and zero Morgantown team uh, that you know we saw come into Hedgesville last week, and uh, you know Hedgesville put up a fight the first half. It was twenty-eight twenty-one at halftime, and then Morgantown rolled away with it. Uh, you know that's the most points in the three games Hedgesville had given up, or excuse me, Morgantown had given up. They gave up six to Bridgeport, nothing to South Charleston, twenty-one to Hedgesville. So they've only given up the toughest team they played to that point. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, Bridgeport may have been, but uh, that's true. I forgot. But about Bridgeport. Bridgeport was going to take the time off the clock the whole time. Yeah, there. In terms of uh, high-powered offense and throwing the football consistently, you know, Hedgesville has that ability to do so, and I think Musselman has the ability to do that as well uh, with Baden Hartman there at quarterback and what we've seen from Ray Adamas. And I think this Musselman team too is is battle tested. I mean, Morgantown has challenged itself as Hedgesville has turned into a pretty good team, and of course Bridgeport being a good team as well so it's going to be a really fun matchup on friday night and i'm intrigued to see if the Appleman uh can continue this success because they've gone through some tough teams they've come out with a three and one record and i continue to be impressed with how they find ways to win these close ball games so far so um i think muscleman gets another win this week uh, over a good Morgantown team and continues to climb the rankings as one of the best teams in the state. And, I mean, we talked to Dave Wilson last week, and, and you know, this this Morgantown team is, you know, trying to continue to build on what they've gotten right now with their newer head coach. And, uh, you know, their team that these next, you know, you talk about that Hedgesville game, it was a fight for the first half plus. And, you know, they ended up coming out on top 49 to 21 with a 28 21 lead at halftime. Uh, then you got Musselman this week, Park, and then you got a good double uh, A team in Fairmont Senior. So they've got a tough next four weeks. Really, five weeks if you count, or six weeks if you count Bridgeport, then Hedgesville, then Musselman, then Wheeling Park, then Fairmont Senior. So it is. And, and Musselman's had, you know, a tough four weeks so far and that's gonna finally stay, at uh, home for their first home game yeah so that should be a, a good crown for them as well and um i i think they they find a way to get that win but it should be another competitive football game and uh like coach thomas said they have one of the toughest schedules in the state i'd probably rank it number two behind martinsburg and they're continuing to you know test themselves and, and get better each week so then uh, as they get later on in the season and they get into the playoffs, they've already seen some of the top teams in the state and they're ready to potentially make a, a run deep into the playoffs this year. That and the fact that Musselman, I want to give them huge credit here because they've won every game that they were expected to in this four-game road schedule to start this season, right? Realistically, yeah. everybody I think knew that they weren't going to beat Martinsburg. But those other three games, they have won, and that really shows that this Musselman team, I think, is truly back this week. And if they can get a win against Morgantown, 
they're a legit team this year. Yeah, and that'll be something that we'll talk more about as the week goes on. You have more interviews scheduled for after the show today? Yes, I do. All right, you'll hear them tomorrow on the show, so tune in to hear every pack coach every week on the Sports Mix. Uh, Before we hit the break, though, high school volleyball back tonight. First of two this week for us on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Dylan and – well, I was going to say Dylan and Colin, but it's – Jim's back. It was Jim back. Colin, though, you were the volleyball play-by-play guy last year. Martinsburg hosting Musselman tonight should be a good one. It definitely should be. We saw a lot of positive signs from Martinsburg last week when we had the game in which they uh, just lost a close one in five sets against Spring Mills. But you got to be perfect if you want to knock off Musselman when it comes to high school volleyball. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out tonight. And whenever Musselman and martinsburg playing anything it's intense it's a it's a good rivalry so um while martinsburg definitely has a big challenge i think tonight against musselman they could potentially make it interesting uh just because it is a rivalry matchup and, and you never know how those are going to go all right that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford kent parsons ford in martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more on the other side of this break, we'll talk some uh, Shepherds, some accolades coming out last night for the Rams, uh, specifically one player, and then the uh, coach's poll comes out. We'll talk about that when we come back, plus more. On the other side of this two-minute break, you're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Let's talk some Shepherd football, more accolades for tri- uh, Tyson Bajan. Talk to Travis Bajan. I thought you were going to call him Trevor Bajan. No, I was saying Travis because that's the last Bajan we talked to last night. I accidentally called Travis Tyson yesterday at one point, too, and I'm like, whoops. The key is to not call Travis Smith Travis Bajan. There you go. I think you did that before. I have. Uh, But uh, yesterday around 5 o'clock, word comes out that Tyson Bajan, again named PSAC East Offensive Athlete of the Week. Uh, That's twice now in three weeks. Uh, he completed 33 of 53 passes for 490 yards, three touchdowns, and Shepherds come from behind victory 26-23 in overtime. Uh, set up a big touchdown to Cameron Dorner uh, passing the ball. But uh, big weekend for him and big weekend uh, for him specifically in our press box. We could see uh, there was a senior bowl committee person in there watching the game. So uh, as he continues to have be very impressive on the field, um, their people are noticing yeah and uh there's an article written as well that uh talked about how tyson's been impressing the scouts and, and a lot of people have him as a mid-round draft grade so that's definitely uh you know a good position to be in um now what analysts and scouts say aren't always where you end up which is something to be definitely cautious about if, if you're or not cautious i don't know if that's the right word but i guess just be aware of that just because you know mel kuyper says yeah. this guy's a fourth round pick could either mean he's undrafted or a first round pick you never know uh so 
it's so early in the process too, but it's definitely a good position where Tyson Bajan is at this point. Uh, if he can earn that Reese Senior Bowl, um, you know, spot, then he'll have a great opportunity to show what he is able to do in, in front of some of the best seniors in the nation, the coaches and stuff like that in the NFL. And in terms of PSAC East Offensive Player of the Week, I mean, there's a good chance that Shepard racks that up every week. Uh, it will be, though, the toughest for them to do it this week against Kutztown, who has an elite defense. I'm really excited about this matchup um, as it has been one of the closest and one of the best games over the past couple of years uh, since Shepard has joined the PSAC. And uh, it's two completely different styles. You know, Shepard loves throwing the ball and scoring touchdowns and having, you know, a high explosive offense. While Kutztown is a team that threw the ball six times last week and relies on their running game and their defense to win. So it's definitely going to be a a fun game this week and a great opportunity for Tyson Bajan to continue to raise his draft stock because Kutztown's one of the better defenses, not only in the PSAC, but in the entire nation in Division II. So I said we saw a bunch of uh, scouts that appeared in the press box with us uh this article travis smith the color analyst on your on the broadcast for us for shepherd sent us a article that you were just mentioning 2023 nfl draft update seven seniors who generated buzz among nfl scouts in week three from on three.com uh this guy's name is jim Nagy, or yes yeah jim Nagy, who was there the senior bowl executive director uh, I don't know if he was there exactly, but it says... He wasn't. Minute, it was the Ravens linebacker, it says in there. Well, there's you multiple scouts there. I know, but the one that he got yeah. the report from. So it says, our mid-Atlantic scout, former Baltimore Ravens linebacker Brad Johnson traveled... Brad Jackson, excuse me. There is a Brad Johnson. He played quarterback, but not this guy. <laughs> traveled to see Tyson Bajan on Saturday, and he came away impressed with the reigning Harlan Hill Trophy Award. Uh, winner's arm strength, touch, toughness, and poise. Bajan made big throws after big throw after big throw in Shepard's win. We always look for a quarterback's ability to to make, quote, gotta have it type throws in critical moments, and Bajan had a bunch of those Saturday. It's rare that quarterbacks from the D2 level get drafted, but we currently have a mid-round grade on Bajan, and we know of a few teams that have the same. Um, and I just posted it into our So I believe Facebook Jim comments. Nagy was the guy that was there uh, because he did post, and that looks like who it was. From what I, you know, yeah, he did put on Twitter, so he could have been there as well. Um, Unless, but what I have to say is, we were talking to Coach McCook about this last night, Mm -hmm. and he's, you know, because I went back because I put the highlights that we posted on our WRNR TV on YouTube channel. I went back from our uh, recorded broadcast on site and cut those and got to see the it again. All those words perfectly describe what he said or what Tyson did in the game. But I also want to mention that his ability to move out of the pocket and make great throws on Saturday was specifically big because that Cal U defensive front and just the guys that they were bringing in pressure forced him to do so, and that didn't rattle him at all. It's always been a big part of his game. I mean, But you don't see it normally because Shepard is usually favored in these games by a big margin. Like the last two weeks, he didn't have to do really any of that. That's true. I mean, you go back to the Kutztown game, that Hail Mary yeah. play was on the run. Uh, he had some good throws on the run last year as well. And I also want to mention that the Hula Bowl was there in mm-hmm. attendance as well because I saw uh, on Twitter one of, one of the Hula Bowl scouts was very impressed with uh, Joey Fisher. So that's good for Shepard as well. You know, to have not only Bajan getting a lot of hype, but also Fisher. So both of them he was impressed with. 
um, which is good to see. So uh, that's another all-star game for college football players to play in after as they try to get ready for the draft. And um, overall, I think Shepard's getting this national attention. A lot of that has to do with Tyson Bajan, but Bajan's success will allow uh, more players on the team to be noticed as well and potentially open up other opportunities for those guys. So I think Shepard has a program uh, with the success of Bajan, with him being a Harlan Hill winner, with them going viral last year with their Hail Mary touchdowns, all of that will contribute to more success for the program in the future because you're going to see that if you're an up-and-coming prospect and you're going to say, you know, Shepard, they're one of the best D2 programs. I want to go there and have a chance and we've seen maybe be seen yeah, we've by already the NFL. seen guys that are like, I want to go play with Tyson Bajan and transferred to Shepard. Uh, yes, Fisher, it's the last year them, for right? Bajan, but the way the program's building, you're going to see guys be like, all right, well, he's able to feed these receivers. Maybe I want to be a quarterback that transfers in to feed these receivers. I want to be on that national stage that Shepard has brought to the D2 level. Wasn't uh, Max Fisher one of those guys at receiver? Can I would you? presume so. I mean, we don't know for certain I thought what Coach his highlighting was. Uh, but being an NC State transfer, I'm, I'm sure he had a lot of offers to potentially uh, find playing time elsewhere, and he's done that here for Shepard. And um, if you're a wide receiver, obviously one of the things you're looking at when you go in the, to the transfer portal is who the quarterback is. So uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and uh, moving on to the next topic, Shepard drops from fourth to fifth in the AFCA coaches poll. I'm assuming that's just because Cal U is not ranked and they went to overtime. Yeah, it was a very close game. Yeah, um, but Cal U is probably they're I mean, the they best unranked team. Probably, yeah. I'm yeah, saying they're the probably best. in the top 35. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it wasn't you know you drop one spot, but as Coach I put him top 30. Not top thirty-five. I'd almost you, have them at twenty-six. Do you rank all the teams every week, Colin? And you know I'm just saying week. the way they were and the way they got knocked out after a loss to Cutstown, who I'm also surprised unless things change that they're not in the top twenty-five yet. Yeah, yeah. So and, I, I and just you know, think these, both of those teams should be somewhere in between twenty and thirty. These rankings don't really matter to anybody That's really, true. but the fans, as we kind of got a hold of that last night. Well, there's two polls as well. Yeah, but they don't really matter right now. They don't matter at all, really. Yeah. I mean, until you get into the playoffs. Until, like, the last couple weeks. And, and those aren't based on the rankings. No. It's not like yeah, the that's Division the I rankings. level where we see the college football playoff rankings. These are just two websites or two polls gathered by people that people tend to think highly of, essentially. Yeah. and. and but you'll read the ranking, and it will say Shepherd number five slash number six or whatever. And it's like, well, what are they? So I don't even reference the ranking too much during the game because it's not like an official AP poll or uh, the college football playoff poll. So it's not a, a huge deal where they're ranked. It's just from a respect thing maybe or, or perception of the teams in the country. So Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl says that uh, Tyson Bajan could be this year's Bailey Zappi. Interesting comparison. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Um, you know, being a small school product. I mean, Zappy made the transfer from Houston Baptist uh, to Western WKU. Kentucky. So Tyson didn't do that. He stayed at Shepard, uh, but he definitely could find himself in, as a mid-round pick, like Zappy was, with a lot of hype and, and really good numbers in college that uh, help him get into that situation. I think he's got more 
tangibles than Zappy does in terms of size and stuff like that that you would look for in an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and I think, you know, like us personally, I think we're getting to know more of him, the person, that we get to do the show with him every Monday night at the Neon Moon. Uh, kind of getting off of necessarily him playing football, talking about football, which was really cool to do. Like, you know, he's a big Dolphins guy. He had a funny Dolphins hat on, and they beat the Ravens. In Tyson, we trust, right? In Tyson, Bajant, we trust, everybody. In Tyson, Bajant, we trust. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. After living in his family-owned and operated, located at 360 Hack Wilson Way right here in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll talk Monday Night Football, two games last night. We'll break those down, plus more on the other side of this break. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Random thought. Anybody ready for lunch? It smells good in the station. It does. I don't know who made lunch down there. Or maybe Donna. Probably. I don't know. It smells left, really so good. I That's think. true. I don't know. It smells really good now. <laughs> really hungry, but welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR. TV I think 10. I uh, some for you. What? I think she brought some for us? I don't know. No. I got I got food in the refrigerator from yesterday. Shout out to the parents. Still, she could have. That's true. All right. Well, let's talk some NFL doubleheader last night for Monday Night Football. First game, uh, Titans and Bills. Went about how I thought it would go. The Bills are good at football. They aren't good at football, but they've got a lot of scary situation injury-wise happened last night. That is true. Hopefully. Hopefully they're okay. Yeah. But Stephon Diggs, man. Hey, I said he'd go. I, I was He's wrong. I was wrong on the under six and a half. That's true. Catch but he, I knew he'd go over a hundo. Oh, it's. I feel like that's almost a lock every single week now. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, crazy that he fell as far as he did in the draft. I know he had injury issues at Maryland, but uh, you could see the talent when he was on the field. And, uh, you know, the Vikings ended up with steel, and then obviously the Bills able to acquire him as well. Now a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, so he's been a huge acquisition for him. Two-thirds of my parlay hit last night. I had Henry Knox because I was riding Spencer. Spencer was hyping up Dawson Knox or Dalton Knox. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. I had it right the first time. Uh, And then Stephon Diggs, but Stephon Diggs just kept scoring and didn't share any of the the wealth. And a fullback scored. Anybody bet on the fullback? No. I said they'd pick Crowder, and I don't think he did. Did Did Jameson Crowder had like two catches. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping it would be more he had an somewhere in the red zone, but were they really in the red zone much? Eh, to an extent. I thought there were a lot of more they big plays. They had about plays. three trips, I think. Three or four trips but, down there. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, about Crowder. He had an opportunity, potentially, yeah. uh, with no Gabe Davis in the lineup, so that moved him up the depth chart, but they didn't really get him involved. Well, we've got an update on one of the – on Dane Jackson. He's out of the hospital with – Avoids major injury to neck or spinal cord. He's released from the hospital, so that's good to hear this morning because that was scary last night. Um, The Bucks, or excuse me, let's talk about the second game, Eagles and Vikings. Eagles completely dominated. Uh, This just goes to show that Kirk Cousins is not a great quarterback. He's a subpar quarterback. I don't know why everybody was on the Vikings last night. I wasn't. I was was against the Vikings. You got to go with the Eagles. I I know you guys hate the Eagles, but... 
I knew deep down that it was probably going to be the Eagles. I just said I didn't want the Vikings to do well because I was going up against Cousins and Cook in fantasy, but I still wanted them to win because of the <laughs> NFC East. Like, make, it, make it like a 9-6 game, like yeah. all field goal something, to, just a crappy game, and that everybody instead watches the Bills-Titans. But it, it just shows uh, I've been seeing a lot of jokes on social media. Why does the NFL keep putting – Kirk Cousins in primetime games. Well, I think every I thought team it was, has to get one. Yeah, I thought it was funny last night, the Monday night crew. You know who's on the Monday night pregame crew? Uh, RG3. Yeah, RG3 sticks. <laughs> he was on there, and it was just funny to think about, like, literally 10 years ago, they were drafted. Yeah, yeah. they were playing together. They were playing together I in mean, Washington. 27 of 46, 221 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. Quarterback rating of 17.5. Yeah, his favorite target was Darius Slay last yeah, night. It is. I don't get why people are high on Kirk Cousins. I don't he's, know. he's not a good quarterback. He is below average sometimes at best. Sometimes I'm high on him, sometimes I'm not. I know he I'm, is, quote, a backup quarterback at best, honestly. No, he's not. He's <laughs> not a I backup. I mean, the Skins drafted him to be a backup quarterback. Well, they drafted him because they knew RG3 had injury issues. So they That's weren't true. wrong there, unfortunately. Plan, or potential injury issues being yeah. a, a running quarterback. And honestly, it, it did kind of work out for them um, in some ways. In terms of, like, they both got production out of – or they got production out of both of those draft picks. Obviously, you would have wanted long-term production out of your number two overall pick, but he did produce for the first couple of seasons there. Um, but, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is average – I think is a good way to put him. He'll have those games where he looks really good. Uh, he played pretty well against the Packers last week. And then he'll play like he did last night uh, against the Eagles. And I thought maybe it had to do with Mike Zimmer at times because I do think Zimmer was a very conservative play caller. Yes. But that hasn't, or at least in week two. I mean, it's only week two, so it's hard, it's hard to, to evaluate. evaluate everything. But it, it didn't look that great last night, obviously, for the Vikings. But... The Eagles are a good team. I think they're going to win the East, like I said in the preseason. Uh, but I thought the Vikings had a good chance at winning the North, which I still think is there because while Green Bay did look good against Chicago, it's Chicago, and Aaron Rodgers always looks good against Chicago. Yeah, that is true. It is true, but uh, as we get ready to go to week two, Trey Lance again out for the year. He had a successful surgery on his injured right ankle. It was a fibula fracture and a ligament disruption. Uh, but he had successful surgery, so big. Hope he has a good road to recovery. Uh, good thing they kept Jimmy G. Yeah, that's great on them for not trading him. And you know, obviously Seahawks wanted them at the time, and they didn't want to trade to a division foe, and nobody else really wanted them. Then he signed that contract, uh, redid his contract with a no trade clause. Uh, but the Bucks have signed wide receiver Cole Beasley to the practice squad. This stems from uh, Mike Evans being suspended one game. Uh, and then the injuries to Chris Godwin and Julio Jones. So, yeah, they. Cole, I mean, they need it's somebody. weird that Cole Beasley is not signed. Yeah, not certain what the exact reasoning is on that. Might be some off the field stuff with Cole Beasley. Or yeah, who knows? But uh, he he'll fit in well, I think, with the Bucks offense if they end up activating him this week. Uh, they're definitely not in the best situation with the Evans suspension, those two injuries, as you mentioned. So Brashad Perryman is your number one wide receiver. As a Ravens fan, I know that's not a great situation to be in. So um, we'll see how Tampa 
does this week, and they got the Packers, who are a solid defense, and I have to decide between Tom Brady or Jared Goff for my fantasy quarterback if I'm able to pick up Jared Goff successfully. So now that you made it public, is it our league? <laughs> it's not our league. Okay, now. I was about okay. to say now. Now you got everybody. I have Jameis Winston in our league because I wasn't really focused on drafting a quarterback, and then all of them started Shame to go away, you, and then I was sitting there and I was like. You should well, have realized at least round three, maybe even four, you needed to right get a starter. Right before I man. was about to take somebody, I, I probably would have taken league. Tom Brady. So, I mean, he's been terrible to start this year fantasy That is wise. true. He's got a lot of other stuff going it, on in his tough. life. Uh, it's quite obvious. I don't know. Now he gets every Wednesday or, off. But injuries and all that. But anyway, I was sitting there and I was like, I should probably take a quarterback because I was like, Brady, Rodgers, those guys were still there. And I still 2-0, like, though, for the Bucs. So I'm That's what matters for them. I didn't mean fantasy-wise. <laughs> I'm trying to tell my story, Colin. Yeah, like Colin, let him tell his story. And then I, I passed on him, and then I, the next time came around and there wasn't anybody good left. So I ended up with Jameis, famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. All right, uh, commanders make some moves. Yesterday they claimed defensive tackle John Ridgway off, the, off waivers from the Cowboys. He was their 2022 fifth-round pick. They released D-tackle Donovan Jeter, who they signed last week when Fedarius Mathis uh, went to the IR. Um, this morning, make it official, they've signed center Nick Martin and placed center Chase Rollier on the injured reserve. Uh, that's expected to be at least six weeks. They're kind of thinking he could be designated to return. Uh, he had a bad leg, lower leg injury in Sunday's loss. Uh, but uh, the... Nick Martin's a former Texans and Raiders center. He has plenty of experience, 62 starts under his belt. And, uh, He's Zach Martin's brother, so that's a good pickup. Is he? He is. You're right. He went to Notre Dame. There you go. But that's a good pickup for them right now because they, well, they need offensive line depth. Uh, I hope. He's decent. He, I mean, he has experience, like Spencer said. So, at the very least, he brings that to the offensive line. Uh, but... He was also a free agent, so... Yeah, he had just gotten released, I believe, back on the 10th of... He was released on September 10th by the Saints after uh, being on their practice squad after cut-down day. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car-buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. Talk a little baseball, maybe a little hockey in there as well. Uh, But that's it when we return on today's edition of the Sports Mix back in two minutes. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back. Whoa, Colin. I dropped my phone. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix for your Jan- January, September 20th, 2022. <laughs> Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304 263 4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you for the next uh, seven or so minutes as we wrap up this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, we'll talk some uh, MLB. Max Scherzer, 200th win in his MLB career. Uh, former national. It's weird to see him being successful for the Mets, though. 
I don't know if it's weird to see him. I was about to say, he's a successful guy. You just said 200 wins, so it's not weird seeing him be successful. I guess it's maybe weird seeing him. Did you know he he exited amid a perfect game bid? I didn't know. They like keeping innings down. I I don't agree with it in those scenarios, but late in the season, you want to keep your big guys' innings down so that come postseason time, they're healthy. I believe the Mets also clinched a playoff spot. They did. They did. And I don't care at this point. I'm rooting for next year. What did you expect to happen? I mean, the Mets have a, a pretty formidable team there. They do. Say they're going to at least be a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. The Braves have been kind of going back and forth with them all season. But uh, in terms of Scherzer, you know, 200 career wins, he was already a Hall of Famer, but that's one of the milestones you look for uh, in being a Hall of Famer. Hold pitcher. up. Sure. This is crazy. There's numbers from last night's game. Okay. Scherzer, six innings, perfect game, nine strikeouts, 68 pitches. And they pulled him at 68 pitches? Interesting. 68 pitches on nine strikeouts over six innings. It's very efficient. That is. That, that is more surprising when you put those numbers out there. But He had two ground said, ball outs, four fly outs, nine strikeouts. I don't know. That's just crazy to me that he has 68 pitches. Teams like to get into analytics now. Doesn't That's true. Fully makes sense. I mean, I don't always disagree, but in that instance, I do. Yeah, the Dodgers have now clinched NLDS home field. Uh, big for them, but that seems to be what the Dodgers do every year. Yeah, I think it's – I think this is 10 straight either playoff trips or, or clinches. Do you know how they clinched it yesterday? Kershaw, 10 won. strikeouts. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, um, good. He's back though because he's kind of been up and down. Them. Yeah, they're they. Uh, I mean, they're going to run the league and have a great chance at being the World Series champs again. Yeah. So we'll see. The Astros have clinched the AL West. Nothing really surprising there. Nothing surprising, but I just don't like the Astros. Nobody does except for Astro fans. Yeah. I get to uh, see the Astros this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing the O's. Yeah. That'll be wrong. The O's suck now. The Mets have the top payroll. I went to Did an Astros Orioles. I'm not surprised by that. They had to pay Scherzer and DeGrom. I went to Astros Orioles 23-2 to or something like that not too long ago. Or 2019, probably. I'm sorry. <laughs> I stayed the whole time, though. Cause I'll six, get to see Mancini, though. Hey, six yeah, record-tying six teams <laughs> are going to pay the luxury tax this year. Yeah, would have been first if Trevor Bauer didn't get suspended for the full season. Hmm. Pretty interesting stuff here. So we get down to the end of the of the season. Uh, Nats they fell last night once again. I believe now that's two straight losses after two straight wins. Uh, back on tonight, eight p.m. will join the game for you as uh, they're in Atlanta facing the Braves. Patrick Corbin on the mound against Morton. Uh, then tomorrow's game starts at 12.20. We'll join the game at 1 p.m. Uh, but for the O's, how are they doing? Not good. They lost to the Tigers 11 nothing yesterday Jeez. and only had two hits. The former Oriole, Jonathan Scope, homered. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. You're no. now five games back, and this is a series that if you truly wanted to make that Wild card playoff push. I felt like they needed the sweep. 
Hopefully at least they can take two. win the next two. Yeah, get the series win. But looking ahead, you got Houston in a four-game series, I believe it is. Boston, Yankees, and Toronto. Yeah. It's going to be tough if they want to make that wild card push. Daunting. So, right now, I, I mostly just want to have a winning record. It's crazy that their uh, Tampa series, like season series, ended so early. Yes. Because they haven't played them, what, since the end of July or, or middle of August? Something like that It ended. And I was like, wow, that's surprising that they're not going to play again. Yeah. Because there's a good chance that those two teams will or either them in Toronto or them in Tampa are probably going to fight for one of those last two wild card spots. So it would have been really interesting to see. But obviously the Orioles need to keep winning or find ways to win again and go on a little bit of a streak here because, like Colin said, that's a very tough schedule. So you need to take these next two against the Tigers and see if you can at least take two against the Astros. But I think you probably need to take three to really put yourself in a good situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you really do, but it's going to be tough for them to get in the postseason. It is. And at the end of the day, it's still a successful season for where they're building. So I think that's the most important thing. Maybe they can attract some free agents like they say they're going to spend money. So we'll see and uh, be a real contender next year. That's my hope. Aaron Judge? That's a lot of money. He doesn't like to build a park. That's true. He wouldn't come to Baltimore. You're right. He needs to stay in his little <laughs> league stadium. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Zane Ochara, former Cap Bruin, retires at 45. He signed a one-day deal with the Bruins to retire as a Bruin, which is appropriate. He played most of his, almost all his career there. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Tonight, at, from 6 to 8, the Neil Brown Coaches Show will be on the air on Talk Rated WRNR. And then TV 10, Muscleman at Martinsburg Volleyball. Uh, that'll be on 5.45 pregame, 6 p.m. JV, and then after 7 for varsity. But for Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah.